Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. The Jets have a very busy offseason upcoming, and I have three really big questions that I want to ask the Jets, especially as they start to make some decisions and come to some very important conclusions about who should go, who should stay, and what the direction of this team is. These questions, I think, are going to guide Winnipeg as they start to enter what could be a very turbulent change over process. We'll talk about what these questions are and what they mean for the Jets on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. For Locked On the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. I am your host, Harrison Lee, and I have a Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, though, I just really love and appreciate your support, especially as we really move into this digital age of sports media and continue to evolve the Locked on Jets podcast. Now, at the top of the show, I said I wanted to talk about three major things. Uh, you might say they're questions for the Jets. I think that Winnipeg has had probably not necessarily the worst season ever. You know, the Jets have had lower points, let's be honest. But this year felt like um, among the last few years, a, a really big missed opportunity. You know, there's a lot of stuff that the Jets uh, did in the offseason, preached about, and ultimately what became of it. Not a lot, if we're being honest. And so the Jets are kind of in a bit of a hole. Uh, it's not something that they can't claw out of. I think it would be maybe a bit disingenuous to say that the Jets are in like the worst state ever. That's not really the case. I think there actually is reason uh, to be optimistic, especially if the Jets make the right decisions this coming offseason. So the first big question that I have for the Jets is, what do you want to do with the coaching staff? Um, and the coaching staff is kind of one of those questions that I think isn't super easy to answer right off the bat, right? You know, the Jets have traditionally hired folks who, uh, for one reason or another, really tie into this organization, really latch on to the Jets really latch on to True North uh, and, and end up becoming like trusted confidants. Paul Maurice was not somebody who just kind of walked into the job and suddenly found himself uh, a lifelong Winnipeg Jet. He kind of had to work for it a pretty decent amount and really do, um, from what I understand, a pretty decent amount of stuff on the back end to get this team into a, a very different state than it was under Claude Noel and the very first years of the Jets. So, in that respect, I do understand it. I think the Jets are very much a, a team that believes in a longer-term process and something where they have evidence to support a candidate. Where I kind of start to wonder about this is, traditionally, the Jets have hired folks that they feel uh, are, are connected well enough to the organization and that they can trust, right? And I don't mind that. Where I start to have maybe a doubt or two is in the ability to start thinking outside of the box and maybe looking at candidates who don't really have as many ties to the Jets. 
uh, one of the biggest candidates that I think could be available this offseason is Bruce Boudreau. Now, I get it. Boudreau, you look at his playoff record, you might think he's not really the guy to take this Jets team uh, to anything significant, which it is a fair criticism. It is something to be warranted with him. I do think that uh, Boudreau in general for me is probably one of the better coaches out there. You look at the list of candidates for Winnipeg, and there's not really many guys uh, that I would personally be super excited about, especially coaches with any kind of NHL tenure. Um, the free agent coaches that are out there for the most part, there's kind of a reason why they're not really being uh, signed immediately. Now, that's not to say that NHL GMs are great when it comes to staffing requirements uh, and actually fulfilling those. But with uh, Bruce Boudreaux's track record and you know the current run of form with the Canucks, what he's done elsewhere with the Wild and you know certainly with other teams in his 10 years, you do have to understand that for the most part, you're buying into him as a guy who could be a really good motivator and somebody who really preaches aggression and has generally a super strong record of regular season play. When it comes to the playoffs, I don't know if Boudreaux is exactly uh, the coach who can kind of work around serious challenges and stuff. Maybe it's just an issue of him not having had like the world's most talented rosters, but when he had the caps, uh, you know, certainly the Washington was very unfortunate in a lot of seasons to not really advance past the first or second round. But by the same token, you know, you are paying a coach for results. And in this respect, I, I do think that Boudreaux has occasionally fallen short. Given the options, though, given the considerations that the Jets have to deal with, a guy like Boudreaux, I think, would be a very sensible fit. He understands how to work with young guys like, you know, uh, Cole Perfetti. I would imagine Billy Heinelow would probably be included in this lot. Uh, you know, the Jets are a team that in the future will probably skew a lot younger than it does right now. So I think Boudreaux would actually be a pretty good fit. I think he's kind of primed to take over this team. But one of the big reasons why I look at this kind of staffing change uh, as something that could be beneficial in more ways than one is because Boudreaux is not a guy who you hire for like a long-term rebuild. He can certainly help teams in a shorter term time frame, but I think the biggest thing with him is that if you're bringing Boudreaux on, you're looking to compete. And I think that the, you know, the Jets roster is still decent enough where there is time for them to turn things around. I don't think that they suddenly have to scrap everything and start over. I don't believe that's really the case. If they retool, if they make smart decisions, if they hire the right folks, don't be surprised if the Jets end up in the playoffs next season, but it really is dependent on how they answer my question. Who do you want to hire and why? If they're looking for guys like Randy Carlisle, there's just no real point. I, I think Carlisle, despite his connections to the Jets in previous years, he's not really the kind of candidate that I would be super hot to trot for. Boudreaux, a little bit more progressive, very interesting character, and somebody who does tactically have a, a pretty profound sense of awareness uh, in dealing with you know, team weaknesses, how to work around those, and how to make his teams more offensively aggressive, which I think would suit the Jets. Are his team's defensive masterclasses? Not always, but with the Jets, that's not what we're really asking for. We want more faster uh, aggression, more uh, skill, you know, speedy counters, stuff where the Jets are actually converting on really dangerous chances. Right now, Winnipeg is just getting by uh, a lot of it on goaltending uh, and some very lucky bounces and stuff, plus weaker opponents. But in the future, if the Jets want to build a model of consistency, they need to start thinking about that. Now, I did have two other questions for the Jets, and I think both of these questions kind of tie into 
ultimately where this organization goes from here. But before we get into the, some of those some of those broader issues, I did want to shout out a really cool offer from uh, one of our very awesome sponsors at Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. You also won't find uh, this really great offer where they have an amazing, amazing protection for your Shady Rays glasses. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every single pair. They'll send you a brand new uh, pair of sunglasses if you lose them, no matter what happened. It's as simple as that. Every, every time you make a purchase, you'll also see a great donation of 10 meals uh, donated to fight hunger in America. Again, when you shop with Shady Rays, you really can't go wrong supporting a great business that supports great causes. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get 15% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses. Backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. To get started, go to ShadyRays.com and be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thank you so much for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day, every day. We are continuing an episode tonight dedicated to answering major questions around the Jets, or, well, not really answering them, but giving some thoughts about how the Jets could answer them. Uh, you know, obviously, Winnipeg is in the driver's seat. This is kind of their show. And we're going to explore two more questions after thinking about, you know, who they want to hire. But before we go any further... I did want to give you a super big recommendation to check out our Locked On Now podcast. If you've never heard of Locked On Now, it's the best way to get really fast, really digestible information about all of the hottest action around the NHL and all of your favorite sports leagues in super short format. Locked On Now collects all of the greatest trends and news, game recaps, hot rumors, all the crazy action in one spot for you every single day. To get started, go subscribe to Locked On NHL and Locked On Now on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. And as always, it's free. We really appreciate your support. Do it right now. As for the Jets and, uh, you know, the major questions that I have for this team, the second question that I kind of have about this, this squad is really what the philosophical direction is. What do the Jets want to be? Now, I know that this is kind of a dumb question because you're talking about something that sounds on the face of it, very simple. Uh, but I think with Winnipeg, the question has been a little bit more complex because you often see and hear two different things. You know, the Jets talk about aggression, which is great. Uh, offensive aggression especially is something that I think is very necessary for this team. But when you watch the defenders not actually jump into the play, maybe not participate in offensive zone possessions, not really be involved in the rush and stuff, Either, you know, are the Jets really being aggressive? Are they actually pushing the limits and getting the most out of the roster? I, I think that Dave Lowry is keenly aware that stuff like the the in zone defensive structure maybe isn't the best. I I'm sure that he's seen the underperforming shooting percentage and knows that the depth scoring has kind of been a challenge for this team this year. But going forward, what do the Jets want to be? Do they want to be gritty, hard hitting, really strong forechecking? Do they want to be fast, really skilled? Do they want to cross the divide somewhere in between? Sometimes I feel like the Jets have opted for the in-between option without really knowing what makes the in-between option even possible. If you're looking at grit and physicality, you know, they turn to guys like Logan Stanley, Brendan Dillon, 
in the past, we had Anthony Peluso, Chris Thorburn. You know, the list goes on in terms of guys who are really physically oriented, very strong, and occasionally big fighters. But when it comes to actually getting results out of these guys, the Jets have had mixed uh, mixed results, I would say. Uh, let's take Logan Stanley, for instance. I think this guy illustrates for me a lot of what Winnipeg really wants to be and maybe why it needs to start readjusting its focus. Stanley kind of came into this team with uh, a bit of controversy. You know, when he was drafted, the Jets traded up for him. I want to say he was like 14th or 15th overall a few years ago. And when the Jets made this exchange, they certainly gave up a decent amount of, uh, you know, assets in this deal to trade up for a guy who probably was more safely uh, like a second round pick. That's not to say that Stanley didn't have a clear uh, level of upside that would entice teams to maybe turn to him in the first round. But Logan's ceiling was always, you know, capped by, uh, I think, his decision-making and, and hockey IQ. Both of those issues for him have kind of been things that he's never really managed to work around because he's also got a really big frame. When Pionk makes a mistake, you notice that Neil is small and fast enough to kind of recover in certain respects. With Logan, if he makes a bad read, if he makes a, a mistimed challenge or something, you know, he's going to get burned almost every single opportunity. So with Logan, you know, while you are getting a guy who is very strong, very physical, what does that really buy you? From my own personal observation, I often see Logan actually losing uh, physical challenges in the corners, in part because he probably is, you know, to a degree worried about taking unnecessary penalties but also the smaller, faster guys kind of move in between the skates and stuff, which he can't really track. And if he doesn't have that read well ahead of time, you know, those smaller guys are going to break away from him before he's had a, you know, a chance to really pivot and face him, which for the Jets, unfortunately, leads to a lot of odd man situations against. So Stanley, while on the face of it, you could say he is this big physical shutdown D, and this is what we want the Jets to kind of resemble his actual on-ice product doesn't really align with that. He is a volume shooter. He is very big, but I think he's more of a shooter type than he is somebody who's like a shutdown D. Defensively, he still struggles. Offensively, he also kind of struggles, but more because he needs to kind of learn uh, a bit of shot selection and, you know, and a bit more patience. I think if he kind of worked on that stuff, he'd probably see a change in his outcomes. You know, Do I see Stanley as the kind of future that I want the Jets to have? Not particularly. I think Billy Heinola, in his skilled skating, uh, his passing, his vision, his setup work, I think that's kind of where I want the Jets to move towards. But, uh, you know, they haven't really been clear that this is the direction they're thinking about because, um, you know, we've often seen them not really consider young rookies for the lineup. And uh, I actually did have a broader question about that that I kind of wanted to address towards the end of the episode. You know, what are the Jets doing with their youth? We'll explore this question in a little bit more detail in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I did want to talk about Bilt Bar and why they're the best tasting protein bar on the market. You know, this is the time of year that a lot of us are probably starting to lose sight of our New Year's resolutions. I know that, you know, by the month of March, uh, often what I was hoping to accomplish might not be quite in view as it was at the start of the year. But that's why Bilt Bar, Bilt Bar is here especially if you're somebody who's looking to eat right, to get fit, maybe have a meal replacement, or you're looking for like the, pre, uh, the pre-workout the pre supplement that other protein bars just don't provide, Bilt Bar's got you covered. 
Not only are they super amazingly delicious and filled with a soft, chewy interior, they're always coated in 100% real chocolate, which how many protein bars do you know of uh, feature real chocolate and taste more like a candy bar? You can probably count on one hand, and that one hand is going to have just one, Built Bar. Now, as good as Built Bars taste, they're even better for you, with most clocking in at around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. If you ask me, you really can't go wrong with Built Bars. I've personally had several. Uh, for me, the raspberry dark chocolate one is one of my favorite flavors, but if you're really interested to get started and give them a try, be sure to go to BuiltBar.com and check them out. Be sure to use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com to receive 15% off at Built.com's ordering process. Are you still hungry for another offer? Well, have I got the option for you? HelloFresh is super awesome. I've actually used HelloFresh myself. It's really helpful for delivering pre-portioned, great fresh ingredients for super awesome recipes. But if you're still wondering to know a little bit more about it, you know, this is why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. It helps you skip trips to the grocery store, and you can always count on HelloFresh to make home cooking fun, easy, and affordable. How is that possible? Well, HelloFresh gives you farm-fresh seasonal produce and easy-to-make recipes delivered right to your doorstep every week. Their super awesome chefs know how to diversify the menu with seasonal recipes like salmon limon and pasta primavera. You can also pick from 50 different weekly options. Skip, skip weeks when you need to, change your delivery date, and update your personal preferences all in the HelloFresh app. No matter what you want to customize, uh, what your schedule is, HelloFresh fits to your needs. Customize your favorite dishes with our new Hello Custom offerings by swapping out one protein or side for another, upgrading for a more luxury experience, or even adding protein to a veggie meal. That means more choices, more variety, and more meals truly tailored to your needs. Again, I've personally used HelloFresh. It's super convenient. Their ingredients are super fresh. All of the recipes that they gave us were awesome. I highly re recommend that you check them out. And if you want to get started with HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and use promo code LOCK16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Again, that is HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 for 16 free meals and three gifts. I highly recommend that you also check out uh, you know, all of their offerings. I think it's great. They've got so many different recipes and menus to choose from. Check out HelloFresh today and make them your number one meal kit, just like they're America's number one meal kit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are closing out tonight's episode with some thoughts on really the big overarching questions for the Jets. I, I think Winnipeg is kind of in a weird holding pattern with the season. You know, what does Winnipeg want to accomplish? Well, it's not abundantly clear. I think, you know, after talking about who, you know, who do they want to sign uh, as their coaching staff members and, and what sort of philosophical direction do they want to pursue? My last question for the Jets is why aren't they using the youth more? I know that in years past, this team was always called one of the youngest teams in the NHL, which to this day remains a bit of a blessing and a curse. Youth are really important for teams that have a lot of really good playoff caliber guys ready to form your core. When you have ELCs that you can ride into the sunset, ELCs give you a ton of cap space. They give you like three years of contract control for most players, and they give you an opportunity to build around a group before they start to become more expensive and you actually have to give them raises. So ELCs were really critical for the Jets a couple of years ago. That 2017-2018 team 
I think probably had three or four major ELCs that gave the Jets a lot of flexibility. My question for this team is why they've gotten away from that. You know, they've given a lot of guys raises. Uh, Of course, they gave Blake Wheeler a huge contract extension. But oftentimes, instead of playing the youth and giving their internal players a chance to really make this lineup, they turn to guys that they've signed in free agency or even traded for in the case of somebody like Zach Sanford, which I get it. You're looking for NHL experience. You have a specific type of player that you like. You want to make sure that you're not just wasting roster spots and having a situation where maybe some of the kids that you're trying to raise up aren't actually ready for the big game yet. That said, the only way that a lot of these guys are really going to show off what they can do is if they actually get ice time. With the Jets, that's not really been the case. And I think it's been very frustrating to see Winnipeg kind of squander opportunities to evaluate players and give guys a shot where instead they've turned to guys who they already know aren't really capable of carrying the load or maybe in Logan Stanley's case, he's been given too much responsibility and he's been swimming for a while. And yet, you know, Billy Heinola still can't scratch this lineup. For some reason, when Heinola actually has a decent game or whatever, not long after that, he usually does get scratched. Now, that's not to say that Heinola is perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, and there are similar prospects, you know, Sami Miku, who also kind of floundered around and didn't really get a shot with the Jets. Nick Patan also comes to mind. But it also includes guys like Dylan Sandberg, who's had to wait a long time to make his NHL debut. Uh, you know, Cole Perfetti spent some time with the Moose when, honestly, maybe he was ready for the Jets earlier this year and didn't get a look until, you know, a couple of weeks in. You've had other players like Jonathan Gavasevich that the Jets only this season gave a shot to. So there's a bit of a long jam, you know, there's a bit of a log jam with the prospects. And I feel like the Jets haven't really been proactive in graduating guys upwards. I don't know why this is the case because I feel like the Jets, if they committed to their youth, if they actually evaluated what they had, they might not be trading and acquiring some of the guys in free agency that they've opted for. That's not to say that some of these guys are all bad players. It's just if you have a chance to develop players internally, save some cash, make better use of the cap space, give yourself longer term flexibility. Why waste resources or roster spots on players who might be taking away from some of the really great talent that you already have? Some of those guys might actually help the Jets to bigger and better things. And the sooner that you acclimate them to the NHL level, the more likely it is the Jets are going to be able to turn things around. So for me, this kind of question, it's been um, one of the more frustrating ones that I've kind of dealt with. I feel like Winnipeg has kind of been holding out on us. I don't know why that is, but if they could finally start to play their youth, give their kids a shot, I think there's a chance for them to be legitimately dangerous, you know, and and like an actually quality team. I know that it's going to require a lot, like I said, a new coaching staff, uh, probably a new, like a renewed commitment to their philosophical changes, uh, especially favoring more aggressive hockey and actually having tactical adjustments that reflect that. But more importantly, lean on your kids, let them know that you believe in them, and let them know that they can actually fight for spots without having to scrap for like a fourth line spot because some other veteran player for some reason is going to be occupying that role when maybe they're really not the guys that are qualified for this. I don't know what the Jets plan to do. It's kind of been a recurring issue with this team. I'd be curious to know your thoughts on it. Do you think the Jets actually give their kids a fair shot? Do you think that maybe Winnipeg is a bit too miserly with how they handle the youth? Be sure to let me know at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day, every day. Be sure to make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. 
Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcasts, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!